You're listening to the Texian Review, a podcast with ideas as big as Texas. I'm Kate, and thanks for listening in. All right, guys, I we're at the holidays. It is officially Santa season or, you know, yeah, I feel like it's Santa's a good way to put it. And I thought, what better way to start off December and the holidays going into Christmas, New Year's, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, etc. to bring in Lindsay, who we know and love. Hey, guys. And Robert, who is the tasting room manager at Coastal Bend Distilling Company over in Beeville. And we have him here today to share his wisdom of cocktails, specifically Texas cocktails, and kind of to get his take on this Texas cocktail book by Nico Martini. That's really his name. I'm not kidding. So welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Tell us about a day in the life at the distillery before we get started. That's kind of cool. It is very cool. Uh, We... uh, we like to have fun. It's a very low-key kind of place. Uh, we've definitely, we built this from nothing. And a lot of us had no idea what we were doing when we started. Uh, so we kind of learned as we went. Uh, but by far, in my opinion, the uh, most well-put-together bar in Beeville, if you can call us a bar, uh, we <laughs> treat it like a bar. A lot of distilleries around the area treat their tasting room as kind of an afterthought. Uh, with us, it is... It, it's the tasting room first. Oh, um, cool. And yeah, so we have live music. Uh, that's where I spend most of my time, either making drinks, coming up with drinks, uh, booking bands. So uh, to piggyback off that, what is your process for coming up with drinks and making new creations? Uh, a lot of it just maybe a, something I eat, uh, something else I drink. Uh, lots of friends in the industry, maybe kind of piggybacking off of things they do. And that's all it's, there is no original idea anymore. So I'll see a friend of mine put something out and it's like, oh, well, if I did that with lemon instead of lime and use this kind of simple syrup instead of that one, now it's mine and it's different. And <laughs> and everybody does that. That's, that's what it is. But try to come up with random things. Last week, I decided that I wanted to come up with a cocktail list all inspired by Ted Nugent songs. Oh, that's really neat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I cannot I, wait. Yeah. I, but it was just random. Uh, Ted Nugent Stranglehold was on the radio, and I decided I wanted to come up with five drinks, Ted Nugent themed, um, very random. I'm not even a huge Ted, huge Ted Nugent fan, but it's, why not? Why not, yeah. y'all? Well, Rob's also really good at um, trying to choose ingredients that pair well with the nature of our alcohol that we make there. So, like, one of the ones that stands out for me is gin. Tons and tons of people that I talk to about gin always say like right off the bat I'm not really a gen person or it's too strong for me and it definitely can especially if they're juniper heavy like I don't know am I allowed to say this on public like Bombay Sapphire is overbearing it is way too much so like if that's what you are basing your gin off of you are actually missing out because we made a really great gin that's more on the citrus side and it blends really well with the ingredients that Rob chose and some of them are super surprising like can you talk more about that? Yeah, and the idea with that, we I purposely wanted to make gin drinkers out of non-gin drinkers, but also because our gin is so different, we needed to have something that traditional gin drinkers still like. And so starting off, I will go out of my way to make somebody try something like uh, we have a drink called the, uh, the Red-Headed Stranger, the nod to Willie Nelson. Mm-hmm. And um, it's actually basically like a cherry limeade with gin. Oh, which, that sounds fantastic. 
It's really good. And so we'll start off with something like that. And I'll give the same spiel and I'll tell people when I want them to try the gin, you know, try this. If you don't like it, I got it. And then I'll get you a vodka drink or whatever else you want. <laughs> but And by the end of the evening, they're drinking gin and tonics like they have for 20 years because <laughs> it's just this natural progression. I think it's getting people to realize, one, you you can pair it with things. So many people think, oh, well, it's gin. It's just this thing. It's, it's just flowery, you know, mm-hmm. very floral thing that doesn't mix, but it does. I mean, I've used everything from, you know, cherry and lime, uh, different sodas, but also different fruits. I, for a little while, I was doing something with cucumbers. There, I've done pepper drinks, all kinds of things. And it's, it does help that our gin isn't like Bombay or something. Mm-hmm. We've given ourselves a little more room. And uh, yeah, I try to make gin drinkers out of everybody. Oh, well, I'm a very, I love gin. And mm. I, when I went to Scotland, I tried a million different kinds of gin. I mean, granted, I'm a huge Hendrix fan, but oh, I like it so with good. elderflower and like, you know, no off chance cucumber. What other cocktails do you have, or not cocktails, what other spirits do y'all have at the distillery, Lindsay? Uh, so our profile is vodka. It's called Live Oak Vodka, actually. Um, our gin is Lucky Star Gin, and those are produced and bottled in-house. And then we have a whiskey, Colonel Fannin whiskey. It's a really light, blendable whiskey. So if you like Jack and Coke kind of a deal, that would be the perfect whiskey. And then we also have Louisiana Purchase, which is our single barrel whiskey. So both of our whiskeys are sourced because whiskey isn't a really long process. We have to go years worth of aging. So we're not there yet. In the meantime, though, the industry is very friendly about sourcing things like that, but we're able to put our own label on it. And that's one of the things that helps us stand out too. We really wanted to make each of our products unique to South Texas. So like I said, our vodka is live oak vodka, gin, lucky star gin, our whiskey actually, uh, it's Colonel Fannin's whiskey, and so like halfway between us and Beeville, it's and you Fannin. guys here is Fannin, yes, and Goliad. So like we very much pay homage to the stories and the lifestyle. I mean, South Texas is just so rich and vibrant. Like anytime we come up with labels for uh, new stuff, like we actually have two in the pipeline right now. We have a rum and an agave spirit, so what you guys would call a tequila in the works. And it was super easy for us to come up with names that were really unique to the flavor profile, as well as telling another story about South Texas. So it's just been a fun journey. That is super, super neat. And it's so nice because if you are in South Texas, guys, that's in our backyard. And if you're not in South Texas, you have a new destination to travel to. That was something very important for us was the, uh, we're all, well, Kenneth and myself from South Texas, and we're trying to make a South Texan of Lindsay uh, but South Texas is so unique that when I am elsewhere traveling, people ask where I'm from. I don't just say Texas. I say, well, I'm from South Texas. And I don't think we get a lot of representation. Uh, this, people assume, you know, if you just say from Texas, oh, well, yeah, I've been to Austin or I've been to Dallas and I've been to Houston and I don't really care for any of those places. Um, if it's north of 1604 in San Antonio, it's the north. And then there's us down here. And um, no, I think it's a good thing just because we are unique. Uh, Texas is so big that we're, it's all the, like all these different, almost like little, you know, countries or whatever you want to say within, within us. Mm -hmm. And we just feel that, you know, we need to be represented as well. We aren't Dallas and we aren't Austin. And now there is a, distillers are popping up everywhere down here in breweries. And it's a great thing because we're very friendly with each other. 
we work together and everybody has that same idea that, you know, we, again, we're not Austin, we're not Dallas, like this is South Texas, we do it our way. And uh, I think it's something that people enjoy just because it is such a unique thing. Things I think we take for granted. Uh, A lot of, even from our food, you know, Tex-Mex, music, all of these things that that's not everywhere in Texas. That's a, that's a South Texas thing. So we're, we're trying to show people the way God's country down here. (laughs) so okay so before we start talking about the book I wanted to talk to you Robert about the fact that we have a state cocktail you know and I looked at a whole bunch of different websites and there's apparently some controversy as to what it is I always thought it was a margarita because that is my favorite drink I love margaritas I don't like frozen margaritas because I don't enjoy brain freeze but then I had a whole bunch of websites saying it was a paloma Oh yeah, I because you know we're too. the we like the grapefruit. Yeah, I, I think, uh, and kind of going back to Texas being so large that uh, our regions are so different. Uh, I don't think it's fair to say there's one drink like one mm-hmm. or one cocktail, and because in South Texas, tequila is much bigger in South Texas than it is, let's say, in the Panhandle. Right, where that, which makes sense. Right, where generally whiskey is is the thing. Um, and then you have East Texas is more rum because it's so close to Louisiana. I and didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and West Texas, nobody likes West Texas. So we don't, there's nothing there. <laughs> they, um, just, they just get beer. They just get beer, whatever they can get shipped in. Um, find on tap in the middle of the desert. <laughs> I would say though, if I, if I had to choose between the two, I would say the margarita. Yeah, I think so too. Cause you always think, I mean, you know, you Tex-Mex margaritas. When I come home from California, bring me cheese and margaritas. <laughs> queso you know? and margaritas. And yeah, yes. Nobody knows how to do queso but Texans. And I will stand firm to that. There's another, wait, and before you move on, sorry. No, there's another drink that I really didn't know about that I have grown to see as very Texan, but that's ranch water. I just saw that on my Facebook feed. What is that? Okay, okay so the ranch water is actually, it's coming back. So Ah. ranch water was popular, at least as far as I know, like my grandfather drank ranch water, Uh, my father. And in fact, we have a drink that is a uh, nod to the ranch water. But uh, at the time, we didn't have tequila. So we were using vodka. It's actually a cocktail called the Donald Trump. And because um, it's a bit salty, it's a bit salty. Oh, that's uh, if I could yeah. find a way to make it orange, I think it would make it even better. But, um, <laughs> but no, so it's it's a very simple drink, and I don't necessarily like it, but I see why it's appealing. From what I've been told, it was the drink that a lot of uh, ranchers, cattlemen, guys working outside, end of a long day. You know, they they don't want whiskey, they don't want something sweet, so you have something salty a little more briny kind of the same thing drinking like Gatorade Mm -hmm. that's what it is I mean when you have lime and tequila and uh, mineral Mineral water that's what it is and it's very salty I mean it's like I said it's it's just like drinking adult Gatorade same principle high sodium but my father drinks them all the time after he mows the yard oh see I didn't know that okay I get it I thought, because you know on Facebook, they have like the canned ranch water now. So it's been popular. Yeah, so yeah, that's what I was thinking. Of that. My oh, brain didn't even think, yeah. like, yes, Kate, it doesn't have to be in a can. It no, can it's be an actually actual, made. Yeah, it's an actual cocktail. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I think it was some, uh, somebody branded it, and they were kind of riding the coattails of the whole seltzer trend that's been going on because it's kind of a cousin one. of seltzer in that sense. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and there's there's now going to be um, Topo Chico next year. That's right. Putting out their own seltzers, and I mean they make the best mineral water. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, you it's know, at least at really least here good. in Texas, that'll be a huge thing. And Shiner just came out with one too, and I'm I'm very loyal to my Shiner beer. And that is also right around the corner, to like an hour away. Yeah, we have <laughs> the brewery right there. <laughs> so coming back to the book, this book kind of focuses on, what well, does focus on the drinks that are significant to the different regions and the cities in Texas. Robert, you've spent time, and Lindsay has told me you've spent time kind of all over Texas. Um, so how do you think that it measures up? I think generally speaking, it's, it is pretty accurate. Again, you know, Texas is broken up into regions. What's popular here may not be popular uh, North Texas or East Texas. I think that book does a very good job of kind of giving a, you're getting the most accessible cocktail list for a city. I can look through San Antonio's uh, only because I know that personally. Um, there's obviously some places there's some that I would have put on uh, or some cocktails I would have put in there, but those aren't necessarily easily uh, accessible or they're from some little spots that uh, may not be in the best neighborhood or things like that. But I think overall it, it gives, it gives a very wide variety and there's a little something for everybody. I definitely think it's more for the cocktail enthusiast, just my opinion of it, but it's, you're, you can't, I don't think you can go wrong with it. Looking through yeah. it, most of the drinks, especially in the San Antonio, I have had all of those and you're not going to go wrong. There is no bad drinks. Most of those places, there is also good food attached to it or in there in some very nice hotels. So you're getting that as well. Uh, but I do think that for the average uh, drinker, it may be a little much. I yeah, know. It's definitely a good gift. It yeah. is, <laughs> I would say, especially if someone is adventurous, like glancing through. There was a good number of cocktails there with ingredients that I had never heard of. And I've drank around, let's say. <laughs> All around. All around. <laughs> I love experimenting with drinks and, like, uh, trying new things. Uh, and so I'm not afraid, especially to go with some of the harder ones. Like, I love a good Manhattan, um, the stiff drinks. But there's a lot in there with ingredients that I've never even seen in a store. I think it's... Uh, kind of along the lines of saying earlier, everybody piggybacks off each other and you see something somebody else is doing. And, and at some point, um, there is something to be said for, I mean, the ranch water idea. I mean, it, you throw some tequila and some mineral water and some limes in a, in a glass and everybody loves it. So there is nothing wrong with being simple, uh, yeah. simple flavors. I do think things can get overdone sometimes, kind of muddled, but mm-hmm. at the same time, trying to be creative you're searching for something that somebody hasn't done, and it's so hard to do that nowadays. Uh, but th- that book is is does give you some good examples. I think it's there's something for everybody in there. So to kind of give you a picture of what this book is, you flip and it has a picture of the cocktail. It tells you the name, what bar or restaurant created that cocktail, a little bit about it. What It even recommends what glass and what garnish to use, and then it'll give you all of your ingredients and how to make it. And it's, it's I mean... This is almost, and it's pretty small. I mean, it's a smaller book, but it's almost so cute that it's a cocktail book. Or co- mm-hmm. not cocktail, coffee table book. Coffee, yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's small in size, like dimensions, but it's a thick And it's book. pretty. So it's, it can sit on, yeah. Yeah. For, and they do a very good job also of uh, when they are going through the different regions, uh, when, they, when you're reading through the ingredient list, they are giving a nod to local 
spirits from that area. That's nice. Which I think is a very good thing. And also, I mean, being somebody who, you know, works at a distillery, you want the locals uh, or everybody, at least from the outside to know like, hey, well, we make this here in this town. So if you're going to make one of our drinks, use that. So they do do a very good job with that, which I know means a lot to the distilling folks. Yeah, you actually did that in one of your latest videos. So with the distillery, you do some cocktail videos for the people who want to make the ta- uh, the distillery's drinks at home, especially during uh, COVID and whatnot. That was really popular. And for the um, H&H Blackberry cocktail, like I remember you made a specific comment, like don't just do any lemonade or any blackberry reduction. Like if you want it to taste like we make in the tasting room, you have to get Hattie and Hazel's. Yep. And, and I think that's important. You know, we growing up in the uh, punk rock scene, we have this very DIY kind of attitude about everything and you stick together and you're, you're part of a community and you rely on each other. And I think any small business is the same, but the distillery is a great example of that. A lot of our ingredients are uh, either from, you know, restaurants or growers locally. And I think that's, you know, it's, it's, it's good because it helps everybody, but also, you know, it, I make it a point to, if you want it like this, like Lindsay said, there's, there's no substitute. You need to get this from this place or this from this place. And, um, that book does it do a very good job of, of that. I guess this could be a really good gift to you then for someone who is a avid state tourist, mm-hmm. because if you're glancing through and a cocktail looks good, or let's say, you know, you're going to go to Houston for the weekend, you can look ahead and be like, Hmm, where should we go eat? Because I want to try that cocktail. And I feel like that is also a very big correlation. If, it, if they have good cocktails nine times out of 10, they're going to have good food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and also, I know cocktails can be, a, a cocktail list can be intimidating for some people. Absolutely. Um, and, I mean, I do this for a living, and there's some times where I don't know what some of these ingredients are. Uh, so this is also a good, you know, if you are going on a trip, read ahead. So you, when you get there, you know, you, you know, you know what's on the list. You, you already, you know, you feel like you're a pro or like you've been there before. So uh, you're not put on the spot. Drink ordering confidence is what we are instilling in you today with this book, everyone. (laughs) Okay. So if you had to put a cocktail recipe in a book like this from Coastal Bend Distilling, what is y'all's signature drink? What is the drink Mm -hmm. that everyone wants to order when they walk in your door? I'm actually curious to see what Lindsay thinks about this one. Oh, my. Oh, okay. I would probably say... The CBD punch, because to me, in our journey for our team coming together with just the formation of the distillery, I remember, okay, so I moved out here in 2016, 2017, I want to say, I remember we were in the back office and you brought in these mason jars with, like it was numbered one through six with different ratios of this mix that you were experimenting with. And each of them had like four or five different ingredients. And I remember sampling that and so I would pick the CBD punch because I just think that is iconic for our journey and it's the most original to us I would say the same okay (laughs) Um, and and what I find interesting about that or serving people that drink is it is a very I mean it's this bright pink red color there's all kinds of fruit in it being in small south Texas town you know most men walk in and they see it, they're like, oh, we don't want that. That's a girly drink. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I can promise you, once they try it, it is all they're ordering from there on out. And to see these big roughneck oil field guys drinking these uh, bright pink drinks with cherries falling out of it is, is, is great. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay, so it is December. 
and we are about to hit the holidays. And I know a lot of people, you know, it's a social drinking season or it's a lots of family. Therefore, we drink season. Yeah. You know what I mean? Coping mechanism. So what is what is a quintessential South Texas December holiday cocktail or drink? Do with that what you will. Okay. Um, (laughs) I think that a shameless plug here, we actually have a cocktail that is relatively easy to make (laughs) that I think is perfect uh, for the Christmas season only because it involves cider. Um, Oh, yeah. And so, but I do think cider drinks are great. We have one that we uh, mix with our Colonel Fannin's whiskey, uh, some cinnamon and sugar, some cherry, a little bit of lemon. Uh, that I think something like that's perfect, but it's a cold drink. You could also make it hot. Uh, growing up, how I grew up, um, it was as simple as somebody putting any whiskey we could find in the eggnog. Um, <laughs> if there wasn't whiskey, you put vodka. Mm-hmm. But I would say more so now, I think down here, um, I think that uh, I've, saw, I've seen a lot more, we're actually going to maybe incorporate some of this, um, is I've seen a lot of chocolate drinks. And Mexican mm, chocolate drinks yum. at Ooh. that. Yeah, that um, cinnamon chocolate yeah. combo. Yeah, and also because it's not super sweet. Um, so it's not necessarily like, oh, it's just for the ladies um, or just for the men. But yeah, I'd, I would go with something along those lines. If pe- somebody's trying to make something, try to get creative, try to, uh, you know, yeah, take something typical like a hot chocolate, but how can you booze it up and mm-hmm. how can you make it a little more local? That's fun. I also, if you're not a huge eggnog fan, which I feel like every other year I either like it or I hate it. Don't know why. <laughs> but have you ever had it's some weird take on like a milk punch and you pretty much kind of melt the homemade vanilla bluebell ice cream and then put Maker's Mark in it? Oh. That sounds delicious. It, it is. Does. It is quite good. It's cold, <laughs> but it is really good. Yeah, we're a big wine family. So, you know, the holidays come out and it's wine. Yeah, and mulling spices. Oh, are hot so mulled wine is so good. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited for the holidays. Everything coming up. Do you have a bunch of family that comes in for the holidays? What do y'all do? I mean, my family's out of state, so I leave. Oh, um, you run away from I Texas. Run away to we the really need to work on that. Up north. Yeah. Snow. I want <laughs> snow, but I want it in a very small dose that I don't have to shovel. Or drive in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm working on trying to get my family to come down, let's say for a holiday sometime, because I mean, I love, you know, tamales and other things about the holidays down here that I would love to share with them. But then going up there, there's nowhere. I Robert has a pretty big Texas family. I do. So and guys. we all uh, go back to San Antonio. Oh, so you're from San Antonio. I'm from San Antonio. Uh, so everybody, even for the family that has moved elsewhere, uh, everybody, everybody goes back to San Antonio, uh, for the longest time we would all meet at, uh, my grandmother's still. And now since, uh, she's off enjoying her, uh, retired life, we meet either at my father's or one of my uncle's houses, uh, need a large house to accommodate the large family. And then the other side of my family, my mother's family, um, we still meet at my grandfather's house and also in typical South Texas fashion, um, because my mother's family is uh, Mexican, we do Christmas on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so with the tamales and the menudo and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the next day with my father's family, we have turkey. And do you guys have any do it on like, Christmas Day. Czech recipes that the family cooks? Yes. Um, and there's some, 
especially the my favorite thing, my favorite dessert in the entire world is Grandma Buzka's mincemeat pie. Mm. Uh, oh, and so good. Yeah, so it is a, um, I think at this point, I mean, every piece is spoken for. Somebody either has to uh, you know, be excommunicated or maybe pass away for you to get in on the pie if you aren't already <laughs> in the pie game. Um, there has, has been, its privilege. Yes, there has been times where uh, I may not have been able to make it, maybe for work or something, but I made sure that um, my pie, my piece of pie was set aside. She makes it twice a year, and uh, that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much what you do. It's just a big, I have a big family, and uh, so I'll get together and eat and drink. That's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, Robert, thank you so much for coming in and talking about Coastal Bend Distilling in Beeville. Uh, we will all be sure to check it out because it sounds really cool, and it's in our South Texas backyard. Also, in your South Texas backyard, you have Texian Books in downtown Victoria, Texas, where you can buy this lovely book of cocktails by Nico Martini. You can give it as a gift or put it on your coffee table for the holiday season. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Kate, and this was the Texian Review. Review.